Wealth Tactic Rebels, ingenious tactics to accumulate wealth for people who see things differently. Welcome to a discussion with Wealth Tactic Rebels, the podcast for people who see things differently. In today's podcast, we are going to be talking about something we hold very dear. We call it the personal economic model. It will allow you to see how your money works, as well as giving you a model and a map to be able to figure out if your money is working for you in the most efficient way possible. I'm your host, Kevin Dumont with Dumont Wealth, and I've been thinking differently in the wealth field for well over 10 years. And joining us today is our co-host, Brian Dumont. Hi there, Kevin. Brian Dumont here, uh, founder and manager of Dumont Wealth. Glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you. So, a personal economic model. We have the basics of this. We have three tanks in the personal economic model. Uh, We call them the lifetime capital potential tank, the investment tank, and the savings tank. And for a good explanation of this, let's turn to our resident expert, Brian. Okay, Kevin, (laughs) thank you. Yeah, so this is a great visual, if you can just visualize this. If you think of a large tank, like a water tank or something, and you think of your income as that large tank, you could, you know, make a calculation, for instance, about what is your lifetime cumulative income going to be from, let's say, this point forward, okay? Now, a lot of us don't think that way because we think of what we make on a weekly basis, a monthly basis, sometimes an annual basis. When we pay our taxes, we think of it on an annual basis. Right. So one of the questions I always ask people is, you know, if your income were suddenly given to you as a lump sum, that is your cumulative income from your current age through the end of your working years, I mean, that'd be a much bigger number. Yeah. Right. And would you think of it differently if that were the case? Right. Right. Because, in fact, when you think of it that way, that huge number, whatever that is, suddenly it becomes a very important asset that you want to manage as best you can. So just to give you an example, let's say you are 42 years old. You are going to retire at 65. So you've got 23 years to work. All right. And your current income is $300,000. We're going to grow that income at 4% a year, just a little ahead of inflation. And you currently, well, let's just assume that you've not been a good saver and you're going to start saving now. And on your savings, you're going to earn 6%, right? How much would you be worth? How much would your income potential be for the next 23 years? And we calculate it out. That's almost $11 million. $11 million, right? Number. You didn't know you were a millionaire, did you? <laughs> <laughs> and then if we took that number and we looked at what that could earn, that $11 million, if we were just able to invest it at 6%, right, we'd have a, an astronomical number of $21.5 million. Wow. Okay? It's a nice number. And that's just for earning $300,000 a year, right? But I think, I don't know about you, but I probably could retire on $21 million, right? <laughs> I could do pretty well on that, yeah. <laughs> but we all know that it's not likely that that's what we're going to do because why? Because we have to do a lot of other things. We have to pay taxes. We have our lifestyles to support. It's only a small portion of that 300000 that we can save. 
Which, to me, makes it all that much more important what I'm doing with that money. Right, of course. Right? So, again, let's visualize this large income tank. And at the bottom of the tank, there's a, a large drain pipe connected to it. And it flows over to, let's say, runs toward the right-hand side. And if I just think about it, the, what do I have to do when I make money? Well, we have to pay taxes. That's right. So we hit what we call the tax filter. And Uncle Sam, state, whatever state you live in, they're going to take their share. Right. Right? That's before you even get a dollar to spend. Once it's gone through the tax filter, now we get to decide, based on our lifestyle or a standard of living that we set for ourselves, how much of that, let's call it monthly cash flow, that we consume and how much we are able to save. Now, here's what becomes interesting. So if you're going to spend it, the money comes to the tax filter, goes through, keeps on going out the pipe, and you just spend it. Once you spend it, it's gone. It's gone, doesn't yeah. come back. Precisely. However, if you are working toward your financial future and you're going to try to save some of that money, well, now picture two more tanks next to the income tank, and they're connected to that outflow at the bottom. Except in this case, you've got to pump the money up that tube and into one of these two tanks. I'll tell you what right. those are in a second, right? right? The point being that it is not easy to save money. Right, it takes effort. Effort and pressure to force those dollars into the direction of savings. Right. Right? Now, when you get to the top, we're going to divide the uh, tube into two pieces. One direction is going to go into what we call an investment tank. And the other is a safe tank. Now, or savings tank. I like to make a distinction here. And, you know, Kevin, I don't know if you've heard this, but I've often heard people say, oh, my savings and investments, you know. Right. Kind of in one breath. It's all referred to the same. It's yeah. all like, oh, yeah, my savings and investments. And people don't get too specific usually about what that yeah. means. But the reason that I like to break it up into these two tanks is that it gives us a chance to define the difference between an investment and the savings. Yeah, and I think that's important because I oftentimes hear people say, oh, my retirement savings. Yeah, right. and, and... I know you've heard this. They, they probably mean their 401k, right. and they probably actually mean their investment, um, because why? What, what can happen to a 401k? Well, it can go down. Exactly. <laughs> and so an investment is really something where you, as the investor, agree to take on a certain amount of risk. Now, you may be rewarded for taking on that risk, and when the markets increase, your balance could increase. However, we also know, especially those of us who lived through 2008 and other <laughs> crises, that we can also lose that money just as unexpectedly as it might have grown. Right. Sometimes faster. And, you know, that money in the 401k is one of those places for sure that for most people, you know, I saw balances in 2008 that dropped 30, 40, 50, 60, and more percent. Oh, yeah. Right? It was a scary time. And so that's the risk. Now, there's another risk that I like to mention when it comes to investments, and that is... Taxes. There it is. Uh -huh. Our favorite discussion, right? Taxes. Right. Because, you know, as that tank grows, you have a partner in that tank, and that partner is called Uncle Sam. <laughs> Sam likes to right. knock on the door for his collection. Yeah. So <laughs> if this is a taxable investment, it means you're going to have to pay taxes on an annual basis. We've talked about that in another podcast and how that works. 
If it's a tax-deferred investment, it just means you have postponed the tax and you will pay it in the future. But either way, there's going to be taxes. There's going to be taxes. And, and, and right? Other than the taxes we're paying now, if we're talking about the, the postponed taxes, the risk there is what will it be? Right. So not only can the market go up and down and really, truly affect your retirement accounts, but through the stroke of a pen, Congress and other bodies can change the amount that they want. Absolutely. Right. We saw that when we look at tax history, that tax rates and and thresholds change dramatically over time. And so it's somewhat unpredictable, just like the market. Right. Right. Now, you know, currently, if you're listening to this in 2018, things seem pretty stable. We, you know, have been in a growing environment. And some people, I think, in some ways have forgotten <laughs> what it feels like to have the account falling. But that's where the safe tank comes in. Right. So let's talk about that for a moment. So if the investment tank is where you take risk, uh, and generally speaking, we're talking about market risk and tax risk, the savings tank or the safe tank is where we try to eliminate risk as much as possible. Right. Oh, okay. So what does that mean? Well, number one, it means that rather than you taking on the investment risk, we find a third party, a company of sorts uh, or companies, to pay a certain rate, a dividend or something where we know we're going to have a fairly predictable right. income. And of course, that income has to be what? It has to be above the rate of inflation. Otherwise... Otherwise, we have not an increasing value to the money. Because the money might not be decreasing if the number is staying the same or very close. But if you're not pacing inflation or exceeding it, then the value of that money is going backward. Precisely. And so this is where we kind of split hairs and we say, look, if your savings account today is only paying you a quarter of a percent, right? Right. In your money market, is it really keeping pace with inflation? Well, not even close. Not even close. So for our, our purposes, that would not really qualify as a very effective safe tank. Yes, the principle is there, but it's depreciating, right. de you know, on a daily basis. In addition to which, that quarter of a percent you might be paid is taxable. Right. It's not even all yours. Yeah, you'd be better off bearing in a tin can in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> that may be the case. <laughs> as long as the dog doesn't find it first. <laughs> right. Well, look, so savings tank, number one, it's going to be growing. Going to be growing how? Above the rate of inflation. And we also want just what we call linear growth. What does that mean? It, it means that it's only going up. It right. cannot go backwards that sound, might sound like pie in the sky to some people, but in fact, it is possible it is. to do. And again, this is where, you know, we're not trying to sell a particular product here, but if you speak with a, a qualified investment advisor, you know, they can help you figure out what fits this description. There are a number of things, but it's not about the product as much as the concept. And I want to get that message across today. These are concepts, and if you can wrap your head around these concepts, they can carry you far. Right, absolutely. Right? As you find ways to apply them, either on your own or with, with a qualified advisor. So, back to the safe tank. So, linear growth, above inflation, and what about taxes? Well, I would assume that if we want it to be safe, and we know that taxes are variable, we want to eliminate that variable. So, preferably... A safe tank would also eliminate tax risk. Absolutely. You know, that is 
uh, one of the challenges, of course, is to there's you know to find the the right instruments that can do that. But again, remember, look at it in terms of risk. You've got a lot of risk with your investment tank. Right. We've talked about that. Do you want that in a safe tank? Yeah. If, if you could choose otherwise, you would, right? So in the safe tank, again, we want linear growth above the rate of inflation and tax-advantaged or tax-free if and when at all possible. So now picture it. You've got, back to where we started, you have your largest tank, the one that you're earning income, your earned income tank, lifetime potential. Then you have your investment tank where you take risk and hope for the best, mm -hmm. right? And finally, your safe tank where you know it's going to grow and it's going to be available for you. Now, when it comes to this, one of the strategies that I like to say to people is how much, if you had the choice of these two tanks, how much do you want in each? And that's, you know, a good question, but I can answer it this way. And what I have found for most people is the closer they get to retirement, and certainly when they're in retirement, how much do they want in the safe versus the investment? And the answer is they want an awful lot in the safe tank. Yeah, absolutely. Right? They just don't often know how to do that. And what I try to do is work with clients to construct, to build that safe tank. And that might happen over time, but it is a, a mindset, a, a construct that we use so that you know that when you are retired, that you'll be able to, let's call it, open the valve on that safe tank and slowly create a, a predictable stream of income for yourself. And then meanwhile, on your investment tank, um, with various conditions that may or may not be favorable when you retire, um, you'll have money hopefully in, those, in that tank as well. Right. Now, one more important point I like to make about these two tanks is that, in fact, they are not static, meaning... You don't have to put the money in one and leave it there. Right, exactly. You can actually, if you could picture it, have a little tube between these two tanks. <laughs> okay? To flow back and forth. For the money to go back and forth. So let me give you an example. Suppose that you've created a safe tank. You have some money in there. Let's say you have $200,000 in there. And then an investment opportunity comes up. I don't know what that is. We don't know all the time what's going to come next, but... Things do come along, right? And let's suppose that you need $100,000 cash to be able to participate in that. Okay. Where could you get it? Well, if you get it from your investment tank, you're going to have to do what to get that money? Well, you're going to have to sell some investments, which usually means you know, time and, of course, taxes. Taxes is a big one, right? Because once you have paid those tax dollars, they don't come back. Right. But we know that on the safe side... Because there is uh, an environment where taxes are not due, you suddenly have access to cash that you can actually use. I don't mean that it's invested in cash. I just mean that it's liquid. It's, it's accessible, um, accessible, yes. Accessible. Um, now you can flow money from your safe tank to your investment tank, hopefully make the money you expected to make, and then flow it back into the safe tank for safekeeping. Right. Right. Or... Let's think of another scenario. So that's in a, in a positive growth scenario. What if, in fact, uh, we're heading into a recession and you're concerned about your investments and the risk you have in that tank? Could you potentially move or flow some money through that tube into the safe tank? Absolutely. Same idea, right? So once we have the structure in place, we can move money around depending on our scenario. Right. 
with the understanding that eventually, of course, in retirement, you'll have not one place, but two places to help fund your retirement. How does that sound? So this is a very, very good overview of how money, how your money can flow uh, during your lifetime from your lifetime income capital potential through your taxes to your lifestyle. And you can flow it back and forth between what we define as an investment tank with risk and then a safe tank, which of course has limited to no risk. So now we've got the flow down for our life. Now, Brian, what about the diverter valve that we have that moves money between the uh, or into either the investment or the savings tank? Yeah, Kevin, thanks for bringing that up. So if you picture again that at the top of this tube that is able to send funds into the investment tank or the safe tank, we have a little diverter valve, as I like to call it. If I move it to the left, and the it's going to divert money into the investment tank. If I move it more toward the right, it's going to flow more money into the safe tank. And as I was hinting at earlier, the question for people to ask themselves is, how much do I want in each? Right. And before we even get to the full answer for that, uh, we have to look at also where you are and where you'd like to be. So I like to have a little conversation about that. And the conversation goes something like this. Suppose for, for a moment that you know we talk about the level of investment risk or market risk that you are comfortable with having, right? right. Just in general terms now, sometimes it's really helpful to take a 40,000 foot view then instead of getting into the nitty-gritty of this stock, that stock, this allocation, that allocation, right? And I like to break it down into three buckets, high risk, moderate risk, and low risk for the sake of our discussion. And if I said to you, uh, so Kevin, where would you feel comfortable, ideally speaking, in terms of risk? How much of your portfolio would you like to see in the high risk bucket? How much would you like in the moderate risk bucket? And how much would you like in the low risk bucket. Okay. Ideally speaking. Ideally speaking. Well, I think ideally, at least for this discussion, I do want to have some money in a high risk because I want to have take advantage of opportunities there. But let's just say 10%, not, not Okay, sure. And how about the moderate bucket? Well, in the moderate bucket, you know, here's where I feel kind of like I want to have more of my money in. I want to be able to take advantage of things. Um, I don't want it to grow too slow. So I'd say 60%. Okay, so we're up to 70. I guess that means you're going to leave 30 in the low-risk bucket. Right, right. That, that mm-hmm. gives me some base that I can feel comfortable with. Okay, great. So so 10 high, 60 moderate, and 30 low-risk buckets in terms of the allocation, right? right? Okay, great. Now let's talk about the tax buckets because this is something that you know people often overlook, but there is, of course, a potential difference, as we have seen, again, in other podcasts, between choosing to put your money into a taxable, a tax-deferred, or a tax-advantaged situation. Right. So, again, all else being equal, ideally speaking, if you had the choice, you, Kevin. (laughs) Okay. Well, ideally speaking, I would prefer to have nothing taxed ever. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. (laughs) Which means tax-advantaged, everything, ideally. Ideally, right? Because the money goes in, you grow it in a tax-deferred way, and you have access to that money and use of that money without paying additional taxes. I can't imagine why you wouldn't ideally want to do that, right? 
Now, how you do that is another story, and that's a, a, a long discussion. But again, we're not asking you how to do this yet. We're staying at the 10,000-foot view here. We're just constructing a, a blueprint, if you will, a way right. for us to look at this. Okay, so that's our, those are the ideals that you'd like. Let's talk about an example of where you could be, right? Okay. Let's suppose that you have a 401k. Mm-hmm. The 401k has, oh... $250,000 in it. Okay. Okay. And uh, we know that what type of tax bucket is that? Well, that's the deferred. Tax deferred or tax postponed, later, right? as I would like to say, right? And what kind of risk level is that? Well, that's in the market. The market is uh, fairly high risk. Okay. So if you're primarily in an equities market uh, allocation, then that could be considered high risk. If you're more 50-50, that might be a medium and if you're more heavily in bonds than you are in equities, you might be in a lower risk situation, right? Right, right. But let's suppose for the moment that you're in a high risk situation there. Can you access that money without taxes or penalties? No. No, that's right. It's pretty much, it's in there. It's very limited restrictions. Again, we've talked about this, but uh, it's quite restrictive about accessing your, your money there before retirement. So in a second account, we have cash. Let's say you have $75,000 in cash. Which tax bucket is that usually? Let's say if it's in a money market or a savings account. Well, that's always taxable. Taxable. And even at the minimal kind of return they're paying you, it's still taxable on an annual basis. The bank will send you the 1099 on that. And it is, I guess, usually classified as low risk, meaning you can't lose your principal. But I don't know how low risk something is when, in fact, it's depreciating on an annual basis. Right. There's, there is When you adjust risk, for inflation, yeah. right? So, yeah, low to medium risk, not because of the principal, but because of the value. It is, of course, accessible, right? It is liquid. Right. And then one more account that perhaps a lot of listeners would have might be a brokerage account of some sort. Let's suppose that you have a brokerage. Maybe you have 450000 in there. In this case, it would be a taxable account, right? An individual brokerage account. And that's where you take some risk. So you're in a full equities position perhaps right now because markets have been growing. And again, the question is, is that accessible without taxes or penalties? No. No, if you take the money out and you've had some growth, you're going to have to pay taxes to get to it. Not the end of the world. On the other hand, it is a loss of a dollar. Absolutely. Right? And those dollars that the, the tax could have earned for you, that's the opportunity cost. So let's go to a summary sheet now of what it is that we wanted to compare what you said, Kevin, ideally you would pick and what, in fact, our person we just talked about with the three accounts, our sample person, has in their portfolio as an average. Right. So... When we look at this visually, what we notice is that, in fact, whereas you wanted everything in a tax-advantaged or tax-free bucket, do we have anything in that row? Doesn't really look like it. No, we don't have any money. And that's common, what I find in people when I start working with them. They don't really have much in there if they or they have very limited in a tax-free area. And then in terms of risk, you said that you'd like, for instance, the majority or 60% of your portfolio in a moderate position and only 10% in the high risk position. But what does this person have? 
Well, let me see. They have 90% in their high risk. Yeah, they're exactly the opposite. Right. right. So the, <laughs> <And> <laughs> the opposite. They're fully taxable and tax deferred. Right. Taxable, 67% of their portfolio, 32% in the tax deferred bucket. And what they wanted was zero in each of those and 100% in the tax advantaged. And so this is kind of a roadmap, if you will, a picture of a way to think about where you are positioned today and where you'd like to be. Because what this says to me is, for instance, you know, the safe tank would make a lot of sense for a person who wants what you said you wanted. Right. And many people that I work with also once they're given the choice, want to move in that direction. And so we say, okay, you've got a lot of risk. It's all in your investment side. How do we begin to structure it or restructure it so that you can balance that out with an appropriate amount for you on the safe side? Right. <clears throat> That's where the, the professional comes in, the qualified professional, to help them, to help you or whoever <laughs> with uh, structuring a tactic to be able to move you from where you are to where you want to be. Exactly. Well said. So just to recap, we talked about what we call our personal economic model, which the basic structure of it is three tanks. These tanks are connected by uh, pipes and valves that help the help your assets, your money to flow. We have your lifetime capital potential, your investment tank, and your savings tank. And of course, we have a lot of money goes out into our our lifestyle. What we have left, we pump into either an investment tank or a savings tank. And we define investment as a tank that's at risk and a savings tank to have low to no risk, right? And um, we've also talked about uh, allocation. If you look at your money and how it's allocated now and how you want it to be allocated, it can help you to see what you need to do, where you need to go with your investments over your future. Uh, And we're going to uh, put some examples of this of what we've been talking about in our show notes. Um, So if you go to our website of wealthtacticrebels.com and check out the show notes for your personal economic model podcast, um, that'll be available for you there, as well as you'll be able to download our free guide to the three key areas that you could be losing money unknowingly and unnecessarily. I want to thank Brian again for helping us out today. My pleasure, Kevin. It's always good to uh, have a a conversation like this. (laughs) Absolutely. And thank you again, Wealth Tech Rebels, for joining us. And have a fantastic day. Want to really see things differently? Take our course in Genius Tactics 201, where we teach you all the wealth accumulating tactics with detailed real-life examples See your progress with quizzes and a certificate of completion. For course details, visit WealthTacticRebels.com. Sign up today and start seeing things differently. This presentation is intended as informational only. Information presented does not consider your particular financial objectives, risk tolerance, time horizon, or other unique circumstances, and does not constitute a personalized recommendation or replace the advice of a financial, tax, or legal advisor or other qualified professionals. 
Do your own research and do not use the information of this presentation in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional. To the best of our ability, we provide content that is accurate as of the date of release. However, we give no assurance or guarantee regarding its accuracy, timeliness, completeness, or applicability. We assume no liability for the information of this and related presentations.